0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Las Blancas podcast with preseason almost upon us and our minds captivated by the frontier of the Champions League. We feel it is the perfect time to recap how we got to this point and what it took to achieve second place in the league in the first official official season of Real Madrid Feminino. To do that with me, your host, Om Arvin, in the form of an award show podcast is my reliable co-host Grant Little. But that's not all. What makes this podcast a special edition? is that I am joined by four guests. OG listeners should be pretty familiar with one of them. It is the return of the queen, the legend, the person who is always right, Raquel Barbadio. Raquel, how's it going? Tell me it doesn't feel good to be back.
1: It's amazing to be back. No pressure with uh, Raquel is always right, hashtag. (laughs) Great to be back. I'm I'm very, very excited to be joining you guys for this super special podcast. And it's really an honor to be with you both, with with Om and Grant, that I think, Both of you are already experts on all aspects of uh, women's football. And obviously with the Mente and Blanco guys, that are all so uh, incredible.
0: Yeah. So Raquel already kind of gave you a little hint where I guess just told you straight up who the other guests are on this podcast. So she, Grant and I are joined by Mente and Blanco. If you don't know who they are, you should Isa Juan Reyes, the host of that podcast, cover Real Madrid unlike anyone else, with breaking news and behind the scenes knowledge coming from their own sources. They also possess an unparalleled knowledge of football feminino as a whole and have taught me everything I know about the Spanish game. Truth be told, a lot of Las Blancas podcasts is simply about translating what they have already said, especially when it comes to transfers. We'll put their info in the show notes. Isa, my internet mother, you're originally supposed to be the only member of Mente and Blanco on this one. Are you glad that you have the rest of the crew here to back you up? Well, I guess after what we heard before we started recording, they're not really here to back you up. But are you glad to, to be on and have them with you?
2: Hi, everyone. I'm really happy to be here in this special episode. And yeah, I'm happy they're here with me because we are a team.
0: You're a team, but apparently Isa will be speaking for the team. Will be the spokesperson for most of this. Whenever Isa Juan and Reyes have the same answers, the kind of the categories that we've laid out in this award show podcast, which is fine. They're all taking a leap to kind of speak in their second language, so whatever is comfortable with them is fine with us. Juan, we good? You ready to do this?
3: No, I'm not ready, but we <laughs> are. We are supporting here uh, our teammate Isa and. Hi to everyone, to all the people that are listening this spectacular podcast, and this is our first crossover, so don't be mean. No one would dare to.
0: Reyes, how are those nerves? I know you've been speaking multiple languages in the last few days. You figured out which one we'll be using on this podcast, right?
4: Hi, everyone. I'm not sure. Oh, Am okay. <laughs> I might end speaking Italian? I don't know. But I'm, I'm fine. I'm nervous. I'm afraid. But I'm so excited. So thanks for having
0: us. Okay. So let's just jump straight in. We have a number of categories, some serious, some pretty lighthearted. We'll run through all of them and then end with a three aside draft to see who can build the best team from last season's squad. We'll make briefcases for each of our teams and then you can vote for the best ones on Twitter. So the first category is best goal. Slash favorite goal, kind of however you want it to be, but definitely the goal you enjoyed the most this season.
5: Grant, why don't you kick things off for us? Well, I have a best goal and favorite goal I did too, because I think that I I had I had to make multiple answers for multiple of these questions because I had a hard time choosing. So for my best goal, I chose Teresa's goal in the last day. The little link up between her and Jessica and then the first time banger. I think that combined two things I really liked. The the off-ball movement and link up and then also just like an absolute screamer and then my favorite goal I think would have to be Jakobsen's against Atletico Madrid because that was just like one of the most special moments um of the season and I thought that was a really really powerful moment with everything that came out after that
1: I was also tempted to choose the Jakobsen goal against the city it was very emotional and it was kind of I don't know if it turned Point, but it definitely felt like a very important moment for, for Real Madrid I also really like uh, Lorena's goals uh, against Santa Teresa but I ended up choosing kind of I think one of the, the most beautiful goals of the season which is Marta Cardona against Real Sociedad the first leg which is I mean she's scored so many beautiful goals this season that you think came out of nowhere basically <laughs> but I think this one is kind of the blueprint of that goal like Extremely beautiful. You, you see kind of the, the model of the, the kick right there. And I, I really, really
0: enjoyed it. That was the one where she was cutting inside from the left, right? The little step over yes. cuts inside. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I also haven't been able to watch that many games, um, like, at the same time they were happening. And this one I did. We ended up losing. So <laughs> it was, not like, an amazing game but like it had excitement because sometimes like I watched games after I knew the results. So it wasn't that exciting. Uh, And this one, uh, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like it had that personal like excitement.
0: That was a fantastic goal. I definitely have that one on my list. Ultimately ended up picking something else. Mente and Blanco crew. If you have different ones, go ahead, starting with Isa or it'll just start with Isa and end with Isa and we'll come back.
2: Okay, we, uh, all three members of Menten Blanco agree on one of the best goals of the season has to be Marta Cardona against Real Sociedad. But my personal favorite is uh, against Deportivo, uh, taconazo, and I don't care what everybody says about that goal, it's um, from Marta Cardona.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone will uh, criticize you for that decision, It a spectacular goal. I had, just my list was just all Cardona goals the back heel yeah. one versus Depor, you talked about the step over cut inside versus Biasso Sociedad. the long range goal versus Levante. I also had a couple from Teresa, the free kick to make it 4-0 versus Legrónio. the yeah. long stri- range strike versus Granadilla. Ultimately, what I ended up on was <laughs> Corraderas versus Rayo to make it 3-0, where she cuts inside <laughs> and scores that long distance Are, are you trolling right
1: now? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me.
0: Tell me that was not a legitimately amazing goal. Like, no, that look. is,
5: I just never expected you to go with a there <laughs> goal off. Well, okay, so, so I <laughs> thought for
0: sir, sir, it was a Cardona for you. Listen, listen, here's my reasoning, right? Because Cardona is obviously my favorite player. Like aesthetically, I think you can take her goals and no one, can, no one can argue with it. But I just think because I put favorite in there, just the irony of it, the fact that she'd been taking those shots every single game, getting nowhere near scoring them. And then she ends up finally putting in and like 50% of the reaction was like, oh man, now she's going to have the confidence to do this even more now. All of that, just, just the irony of the entire situation makes that my favorite goal of the season. Everyone said their bit on the goals. So we will move on to probably the easiest category of the season. The most valuable player. If anyone says another player besides Cardona, they're getting kicked off the podcast right now. But we need to confirm. We need to put everyone on record. So obviously my my MVP is Cardona. Yeah,
5: it's Cardona. You're not gonna get any argument for me on that one.
1: Yeah, me too. And I'm also known for predicting this. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it, it's all on
5: brand. You had to say it, even if you didn't want yeah, to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Marta
2: no yeah. question. We agree. Marta Cardona by far was the best okay. player.
0: I think most people who have watched Real Madrid play, not even every game, but like somewhat followed the team, agree. But uh, there's still the casual fan who will say something like Aslani. And Aslani was great. She was a top five player in the season. But this idea that it was anyone but Cardona and that was debatable is obviously ridiculous. Now, a more interesting and more debatable category and probably too vague. The way I phrased it, so you guys can just use whatever criteria you had for it, is most improved
5: player. Grant, who did you have for that? Yeah, so for this, I kind of took start of the season to the end of the season, and I went with Olga just because you know she's a left winger that got moved to left back, and at the beginning of the season maybe looked a little like, oh, what's she doing at left back, and really grew in to be one of our most dangerous players in that position, in that new position. So that's who I went with with this category.
1: So I did not interpret it like like grand I kind of interpreted like uh, last season versus this season. And it might be more of like my fault analyzing like the player before. But when we signed Misa, I remember, and I think I, I remember saying it on this podcast that she was, she had really good moments. She had really good shapes. But at times she had like, she was not that reliable and she had like some stealing mistakes and, and all that but I think she has stepped up this season and and she's definitely a very reliable keeper she has had amazing performances very solid and I'm going to choose her as my most improved player even though it might be my fault yeah uh, at least most improved um, I don't know opinion of player <laughs> for me is Mita.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how ridiculous that is because I didn't really know anything about Misa before she came to Real Madrid, but evaluating goalkeepers is notoriously difficult. And I'm not sure anyone really has it down. Even at the professional level, you talk to analysts and coaches, even there's gray area there. So I don't think you can begrudge anyone for not perfectly seeing how, how things are going to pan out. And I mean, who knows, right? With the risks Misa takes, she makes a couple of mistakes to start next season. Yeah. We'll see what everyone's opinion
1: that is then. Um, Mente en yes. Blanco?
2: I want to um, add some info about Misa. She wasn't a reliable goalkeeper two years ago. She made many mistakes, and it was a surprise to see her this season be so reliable and safe. But I agree with Raquel. She, she's right. She, she improved a lot. And our answer in this question is Tere. We interpret it like Grant. We think she improved her game, and as the weeks went by, and she ended up being the best of the team in the last game. So our answer is Tere.
0: Yeah, Teresa was also the the player that I had, and honestly, I'm not sure how I interpreted the question that I wrote because when I came back to it, I, I it didn't make that much sense to me. So I just considered, okay, who improved? The most over the course of the season, Raquel probably actually was the one who interpreted in how like the, the spirit of it is generally interpreted, at least in American sports. But yeah, I, I took Teresa because she had some tough moments at the beginning of the season. It's perhaps hard to extricate some of it from just, I think, the general tactical problems we had earlier on, but she grew in a big way. And I think she proved to a lot of people that she's a very good player and that she has, she has a good future in the side. I am guessing a lot of us are going to have the, the same answer for this one. I know Mente and Blanco crew is going to have the same answer, and Isa especially, but... Uh, no, we're not. You're not? Okay, okay, okay. Now Her I'm ball. really excited. I, okay, so not really hard. excited. So Mente and Blanco can go first, then starting with Issa. This is for the underrated player of the season. I mean, we know who Isa is going to go with, but now, now I need to know who the rest go with.
2: Okay, uh, the answer for me is Cassie. And Lorena, I think that we do not value enough everything that both have
0: contributed to the team, each in its
2: own
3: way. Now it's my turn. Uh, I don't know if this is underrated, but uh, definitely Claudia Florentino. I mean, when she came back, we don't know anything on her, and uh, maybe we don't expect we don't expect that level that she show up in the in the games. So we don't really expect uh, that uh, performance of her in the season and maybe she can, in in the public in in the popular opinion uh, she is not good valorated as as we saw it i mean in the game against levante in in Valdebebas, she get a lot of heat and i don't know if that is uh, right because she really played a, a good game in that game
4: I I totally agree with Cassie, but I have also Ivana. I think she's an underrated player in general. Yes, not in Madrid, but in general. Uh, She has been a key player for the team. And when you ask people like their favorite players or top three players of the team, they normally forget about Ivana. So I think I have to go with Ivana in this one.
0: Yeah, okay. So those are all great answers. Lorena was the primary one I had. And this is, I guess, like the big win for Issa because she like kept telling everyone, she kept telling me Lorena's really good. And like, I think mostly a sample size thing, but it took me till the end of the season to like see exactly why. Obviously she had a bunch of super sub appearances, but I, I think it's her interpretation and understanding of space, specifically in relation to everyone else that kind of blew me away. And I was like, well, this is not just good. This is like actually elite. And this is how a player who's under five feet can survive, you know, at the top level and, and be like a really good player, you know, not world class, but really good. And yeah, I mean, I've done videos and a little article on it. But just that tactical understanding, the ability to keep the integrity of a tactical structure at all times, by consistently being aware of everyone else's movement is kind of insane. And it's something that a lot of players can't do even ones with like much greater technical and physical abilities. So she was the one I had and probably like I I would guess like more casual fans just like it's not something they're aware of but even people who watch games more this is like not an easy thing to see it takes like going back to the film and really just kind of pausing like the film each time to kind of look at okay what's she doing in relation to Aslani what's she doing in relation to Olga and uh, I think that's why this aspect of the game is often missed I also had Claudia on my list even though Lorena was my number one pick basically for what Juan was saying Um, like I remember very early in the season, Brent and I did like brief scouting of her and what stood out to me was her like ability to carry the ball out from the back, which I was like, okay, that was good. But then there were some games in the season that we also saw that she's a pretty good last ditch defender as well. And all in all, like, I I think a good backup defender that maybe people don't necessarily rate as well. And then I guess the most controversial one, which I don't know how Issa is going to feel about, but I feel like Jessica Martinez is slightly underrated. Um, I know her finishing wasn't the best in the season, but I just feel in general, box movement is taken for granted, and uh, people just assume goals appear when you have technical players around a striker. I know this is like a fundamental disagreement we have have about like players like Sam Kerr, but uh, I, think,
2: I think fans uh, underrated, but media overrated.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I I can see that underrated is is perception more than anything, but I think. I think sometimes she's taken a little bit of too much heat from fans and solely for not finishing chances, which I understand is the most decisive aspect for the game, but the variance of that is always large. And I don't think Jessica is the best striker in the world or anything. I I fully see the argument and often agree with the fact that Lorena should maybe get more minutes uh, or should have got more minutes over her because Jessica's now with Sevilla, if I remember correctly. But ultimately I think she provided an element of box movement and aerial ability that, really no one else in the squad was specialized for so so I appreciate it she's not my number one pick for radio player this season but she deserved a mention Grant who have you
5: got yeah I completely agree with Reyes I think Ivana if people have been reading what I've written or been on this podcast know that I think that she's one of the top players on the team her distribution from the back her leadership role and of course her defense makes her someone you know a lot of the time attacking players get all the plaudits but I think the season looks a little different if we don't have her in the back line and as our captain.
1: I was going to say Lorena. Uh, then I thought Om and Isa were going to say Lorena. And I thought about um my second pick was Ivana, which I thought was going to be more original, and it obviously isn't. But, uh, yeah, Ivana is also my, my pick, Grant, and, and I have said uh, her, obviously, her defending skills, uh, also the distribution, and her role as captain, which when she was, pick captain i don't know why because she has been captain before but i wasn't i don't know i just did not expect it and i think she has made a a great great role there and and just needs to be praised for that
0: yeah i think she's been one of the best players of last season and it's that ability to like step up and force turnovers that i think sets her apart from a lot of other center backs um not that that's like Without that, you can't be a great center back. Like, for example, Varane doesn't necessarily do that. He's just elite at covering depth. But I just think it adds like another element to center back play that allows them to be in control of the defensive situation in ways that defenders are usually not able to. Because generally, it's just an entirely reactive game. But the ability to anticipate when a pass is coming, step up when, when someone is playing back to go and then poke the ball away for them is almost like playmaking on the defensive end, which is why I like to call it defensive playmaking. It's more of a basketball term, but I think it applies here. So the next category, which I think might also be pretty homogenous, I think I might have a different answer from all of you, just I did so, so he would have a different answer, but interested to see what you guys have to say about the best individual performance of the season. Raquel, let's start with you.
1: I think I'm going to have one that is not, I can of a consensus answer, and, and because I picked it, because of five minutes in a game, which is a, a Aslanis' hat-trick against Valencia, I don't quite, like, I'm ashamed to say this, but I don't quite remember the full game, I just remember those crazy five minutes of three goals, nonstop. and yeah, that's my pick, Aslani against Valencia.
0: Well, that's because it wasn't a great game, I mean, Valencia scored immediately yeah. afterwards, but up until that point, it. It didn't look like we had that much going offensively. Mente and Blanco crew, is, is the Aslani hat-trick what you also have? No,
2: I people are going to know me with this answer, I think. I really like uh, my test performance against Sevilla in Madrid, that we ended up winning 5-2. And I swear well, to you guys, I can't forget about that game. It was our first good game, or the first uh, good game that I remember. And I don't know, the girls played like they knew each other from years. I I really like that game and I really like my team on that game.
3: I'm with Raquel on this one. I mean, Aslani' performance against Valencia was uh, stunning. Even people considered that, I don't know, like a medal to Aslani. And uh, with that, she can become a legend. But Cardona against Real Sociedad is my pick in. From Visitor, not not in Valdebebas. Uh, She did a really, really good game. We didn't win, but it was a really good game.
4: I totally agree with Juan in this one. Uh, Cardona against Real Sociedad. I think it was one of the most impressive individual performances.
5: Yeah, so I kind of imagined that everyone would pick Cardona performances and the Aslani hat trick. So I had both of those written down, but I also had Teresa's performance against Real Sociedad toward the end of the season, I think that that was a game where she really stepped up and looked like the midfielder that we all really thought that she could be. And it was kind of a culmination of how she'd been building throughout that entire time. Plus, I just love her style of play and had been begging Osnar to give her a full 90 minutes for weeks at that point. So I was really happy to see her step up in that game. I guess all of
0: you are on the same wavelength in terms of wanting to pick like slightly unique things. So obviously I have the Aslani hat versus Valencia. And if anyone chooses that, I, I mean, that's a perfectly fine choice. It probably was the, the best performance of the season, though I think there are other contenders. And so like Issa, I considered Real Madrid's victory, 5-2 victory over Sevilla. But instead of picking game, I picked Cardona because, well, she had two assists, first of all. And and one of them where she just, I thought was a perfect encapsulation of her one versus one genius, where all she does is just shift the ball one way as if she's going inside, just to offset the defender's hips a little bit, puts it back outside. And then from then on, it's just like her first couple of steps, right? And, and basketball the be first step. I don't know if that translates exactly to football, but that initial explosion just takes her away. And it's such a subtle movement but it's what like one versus one genius is all about. It's about creating separation for a shot or a cross. It's something that defines Caroline Graham Hansen's game. It was brilliant. And then on top of that, I don't know if she had a better game, just ball carrying wise and dribbling wise throughout the entire season. There were three or four sequences where she was beating multiple defenders off the dribble to create shots and chances for others. I know Aslani put one aim for the top corner after a brilliant Cardona move to shake off two defenders and the keeper saved it. It's just one that comes to mind. So if there was ever a game where I wanted to show people what Martha Cardona was all about, it would be this one. So I fully respect the choice of my day. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned we got two from central midfielders. This one, I guess we've been doing a like fairly serious categories up until now. So let's switch it up a bit and go to, the top three players to road trip with. Grant, who do you got?
5: So I went with Ivana because, you know, I think she's underrated. I think she's, she looks like she'd be fun. I also chose Kenty and Olga because I think they seem extremely chaotic and we would be fun to go on a road trip with and would keep you entertained and maybe you could get into some uh, crazy stuff.
1: My picks are similar and for similar reasons as well. Picked two kind of chaotic personalities, I guess, or at least I perceive them as such. With social media, in Misa and Kenti, they seem chaotic and fun, Uh, and I've also picked Ivana, so we don't get killed. Basically, that's my my.
0: (laughs)
5: That was a bit of my thinking as well. Yeah, (laughs) we need somebody to ground us. (laughs)
0: You made a big mistake with Misa, though, because I feel like she'll be the like general populace's main choice. But after Cardona did that interview with El Patio and she was like I could not bear to be stuck in an elevator with Misa that just changed my mind I was like yeah she's fun probably but she also has like insane himbo energy that like I don't know if I could handle and uh I, I have I have her as a pick later down the line we'll get to that but for the the players I'd like the most road trip with is Ivana because she just seems like extremely chill on a road trip I think that's what you need you just pop on the music just relax and then my day because she'll be stuck in a car with me and she can't escape, so I can interrogate her for hours on how she sees the game. I have her as a captive audience, and then for translation purposes, I assume Aslani's Spanish is pretty decent at this point, so I'll need her to come along as well. So those are the three people I need. I'm a really quiet
2: person, so my big maybe are weird Olga because everybody seems to love her, and uh, I like her too. So Olga. Claudia Florentino, because she seems like a funny girl. And Maite, I agree with you on that, because we have similar taste in music. She likes concerts and she likes artists that I like too. So it will be fun.
3: I pick uh, Misa and Cardona, because uh, their dynamics is going to be fun. And Kenty, of course, because we need someone to mock on us. And Kenty is the one.
4: Okay, my first pick is Olga Carmona, of course, because... We are both from Seville. We listen to Flamenco all the time in the car and sing and dance. And I like that. Then I have picked Misa because she seems to be a funny person. But I, after what on says, I'm going to rethink this decision. And Aslani, just yes, because I love to see her in this environment.
0: We stay kind of on this track. The player you'd most want to back you up in a fight. I'm really interested to hear what the reasoning is. Grant, let's
5: come back to you. I think that we have a similar answer, um, and I don't know if it would be her backing me up or me backing her up, because I think she could probably do more damage than me, and I'm going with Misa.
0: Yeah, so I have Misa for, like, that same, like, insane himbo energy, like, I was talking about. Like, obviously, she seems, like, very physically fit and everything, but that's kind of the case for all of these players, unless we're talking about, like, Lorena or something who's so small that, okay, we, we might need to to reconsider with that, but I just feel like Misa like, will just go wild. Like, especially if it's like a fight with another fan. Like If they insult Real Madrid or something, I feel like Misa wouldn't take it and she'll just go nuts. So perhaps uh, a bit of slanderous image of Misa I'm creating. But uh, I, if I'm in a fight, I, I don't think there's another player. Dude, I, she'll I, get I off her line quick camp.
5: and come help. <laughs> she'll be there
0: in an instant. Doesn't matter how far away she is. Raquel, who you got? I don't imagine you do much fighting, but who you got?
1: Why? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I had Kathy or Taisa because, I don't know, they just seem very, like, loyal. And obviously that would be there for for me, uh, if they knew me, obviously, for a fight. But I'm kind of convinced by your Misa argument here. So I might switch to Misa.
2: Okay, we all have different answers for this. Uh, for this question it's my favorite by the way my favorite question I thought a lot about this question and my final answer is Misa did you see her she can kill someone if she wants with that with that answer so Misa for sure
3: I had a question for for, um, who the hell are writing these questions
0: (laughs) they're
3: me I'm the one writing these questions it's nuts but if if I had to to answer uh, I pick Cassie and Babs, uh, one of them, because, uh, I don't know, they are physical too, but uh, you can really have, a, I don't know, like you had a gang behind you and that powerful, like, uh, it, it'd be nice.
4: I Cassie in this one. Uh, here in Spain, we, we say that uh, a person is chiquitita, pero matona, which means that she's not that big or tall, you know, she is not a big person. But she's fierce and strong. I'm afraid of Cassie. I mean, if I find <laughs> her in a fight, I will run.
0: Those are fair points. I think Cassie is a great choice. But to me, it comes down to, like, intent, you know? Like, if you're in a street fight, like, 99% of people will back out, right? Like, who is going to, like, who is nuts enough to be, like, fuck that, I'm just going to go in. And for me, that's Misa, given what little we know about her personality and then like just her style put on the field. But I'm sure if you're friends with Pasi she should come and back you up.
1: You know the thing about Misa? I think she would just go all in in the fight. Right. I think Kathy yeah. C- would be a little bit more fun and go if necessary.
0: <laughs> okay, now I feel like we need to find out whether any of these players like MMA and like practice boxing In their free time, but that's that's for a different time. We go back to, I guess, more serious stuff. I guess the most intense thing that could follow this, which is Osnar's best tactical performance of the season. And I think it's fair to say all of us on this podcast are not us talking about Osnar doing tactics well is not something that happens a lot on this podcast, but uh I thought we should challenge ourselves and and pick out one positive, one one of the best positives of his tactics of this season. Obviously, I have uh, an answer for this, and I'll try not to talk about it too much. So we'll save that for last. Grant, which tactical
5: performance impressed you the most? I'll preface this by saying I think as the second half of the season went on, I think we saw a lot better from him. But I might have a little bit of a hot take here. I thought the second meeting with Barcelona may have been the most impressive, even though we lost 4-1. We came out and pressed Barcelona. We mixed things up a bit. And they came out in the post-game press conference and said that it took them a while to figure out what exactly Las Blancas were doing to them. And I think that that is a real testament to that performance because even though we lost because Barcelona is a freaking machine, it was actual concrete, tactical ideas that we saw Osnar have for maybe the first time in the season. I don't know if it's asked nars kind of
1: fault that it was very good, but I really enjoyed uh, the game against against athletic group the the second one where the diamond worked finally and I think you um I, well if I remember correctly you you at least you you wrote something about the position of, of Marta Cardona and Sofia Jacobson uh, that changed from previous situations of of that system that really made it work um, and I really really enjoyed that, that game I think. Whereas it also kind of, we kept on using it and it really kind of worked for the team.
2: Okay, so we all agree on this one. I, I have to say that it's probably my best tactical, not now, because I I write this on Twitter like three days before the game and everyone, everyone was like, you're crazy. He's not going to do that. And he did. And our fate is uh, the Diamond uh, against Barcelona. And even Alexia said that they were completely out and didn't know how to take the ball from our midfielder. So I like the the diamond and Raquel is right. When the diamond finally worked, it was even better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Alexia specifically talked about just how they were not expecting all of those overloads and it was a challenge for their 442 like sideline type press to to kind of like adjust to that. She claims that they kind of figured it out in the second half which I don't know she knows more than me but it kind of felt like Barcelona's build-up versus our press became better in the second half as opposed to like our build-up ever being like really stopped and that was yeah I would agree the first time I was actually impressed with Ozanar's tactics and I was like well there might be some concrete ideas here and uh, so then obviously my pick is the one that Raquel talked about which is the 3-1 win over Athletic Bilbao, just like 50 minutes of the type of football I like to see at least in terms of tactics and structure. And yeah, I, I, I wrote a little bit about it. I did a little video um, just like, I don't know, as, as quickly as I can to kind of sum up like the main points of why I loved it so much was, I mean, you can call it a diamond. You can call it a four three, three false nine, because Aslani was the one who was nominally the, the tip of the formation, but then she dropped off and did her thing. And Cardona and Jakobsen played as inverted wingers, which you can also call just a front two of strikers. And basically it ultimately came down to the fact that like, unlike in previous iterations of the diamond, even going back to the performance versus Barcelona, I think the main reason it didn't work offensively to the full extent it could have is because Cardona and Jakobsen, or I can't remember who the front two were in that game, but the front two in that game were stretched all the way out wide, like classic winkers. And it just created a massive disconnect and it doesn't work within that type of structure that you're trying to create. Whereas Versus Athletic Bilbao, they stayed high, they stayed narrow, they stayed in the channels, they threatened to receive inside. And with already a a number 10 slash false nine roaming between the lines, in addition to two central midfielders and a pivot, it just absolutely collapses a team's defensive structure inwards because you're dealing with so so much central occupation. And when you have Kenti Robles and Olga Carmona as your wing backs, that's the greatest thing in the world because it creates space out wide allows them to bomb high up the pitch, and in space, deliver balls into the box. And I do think it's always curious how you almost have to do the opposite to get what you want in football, right? So throughout the entire season, Osnar's emphasizing crossing, wide play, and it can look a bit lacking in dynamism at times. It can look a bit repetitive. And our best crossing and wing play game of the season came in a game like this, where there were so many central players because then that created space out wide and it was actually better for our crossing than almost any other game that season. So that's why I picked that one. I've talked about it plenty of times, probably already talked about it too much right now. So we'll move on to Osnar's most bizarre decisions. So we talked about his best tactical performance. Maybe we go to the more common thing, which was some of the interesting lineup selections he made, substitutions, tactical decisions. And when I when I made this question, I thought, you know what, this is actually going to be kind of easy because he's done this so much, but it's because he did it so much that I realized like this is actually really hard. And picking one was quite difficult for me. But again, I'll go last. Grant, what was the most bizarre decision he made in your opinion?
5: Like you said, there were so, so, so many. But I had to go with Corradera as a left winger because we didn't just see it once. We saw it like way too... I mean, one was too many games, but we saw it for way, way too many games, and I just could not see why he was doing this even after the performances.
1: I completely agree with Grant. I also had like noted Corredera as a left winger, as a substitute for Jacobson. <laughs> it's just one time is weird. Multiple times, it's just, I don't know what's going on. But also, I remember this game because I didn't watch it live, and Om talked to me the morning after, and he said, like, do you understand what's going on here? And it's the <laughs> uh, the, the game against Sevilla. Uh, where in the 19th minute, uh, he substituted like he brought Cardona off and Florentino in, and then Maite off for and then Ari in. I still don't understand what, what went on there. Like <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Uh, we were uh, the result was uh, a draw, one one, and. That substitution, I still don't understand. So yeah, there was like general pattern, Corredera as a left winger, and a specific uh, instance of weirdness, that 90th minute, minute substitution against uh, Sevilla.
0: Well, I said I'd go last, but I have to jump in here because Raquel said the one that I was going to bring up, which is the 90th minute one, where... Man, I mean, originally what he does, right, is he brings off Teresa for Corradera and Jessica for Lorena. So we already have straight off the bat Corradera playing as a left winger with the front four uh, being Sofia, uh, Jessica. Oh, yeah. Also, Sophia is playing up top with Jessica, which makes it even weird, right? Like we've seen Sophia playing as a striker multiple times. We saw it the season before last, and it just never worked all that well this season. And uh, so you already have an insanely weird attack, right? Corr left wing, Sofia up top. And then he does what Raquel said, which is Cardona and Maiteiro is off for Adi and Claudia Florentino. And I went back to look at the game because I, I mean, obviously I didn't figure it out. And there's like a minute where you could clearly see that Claudia was playing in midfield with Lassie. It was a double pivot with a center back in the double pivot. Whether he did some of that because there were little injuries or something to my there, Cardone, I don't know. But if you're going to do that, the back three is right there. And my guy puts a center back in a double pivot. I mean, I know she's good on the ball, but it's a totally different thing, as we saw with Sergio Ramos in the 14 15 season. At a loss for words. And yeah, I I had a bunch to go through. Like I genuinely had like 10 tabs open with 10 different games, and all of those are valid choices. A couple others was. Teresa playing as a left winger, I think is underrated in terms of some of the bizarre stuff he's done. In the 4-1 win versus Espanyol was a left wing of Teresa and Corradera. And so we had no whiff down that side whatsoever. And then obviously just the Corradera examples, they're a whole thing by themselves. And they often seem to be paired with Sofia Jakobsen as a lone striker up top, which I think made it worse. But anyway, those are the ones I had with the severe one one draw substitutions that Raquel was talking about being I think the by far the weirdest thing he's done.
2: Okay, hey, I, I have two things before I, I give my answer. Uh, do you all know that uh, uh, Claudia's original position is a uh, midfielder, right? She is Yeah, yeah. Okay. She start, started a player like a midfielder till two seasons ago.
0: Okay, so it's so no, I so did, I didn't know. See, this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, like just expert knowledge of the game. So Osnar was – so are you saying then that was a good decision then that Osnar was like banking on, on old knowledge and that that, that was a good decision, to take Mike off, put Claudia there, or at least a justifiable decision?
2: Yeah, it, it was not that weird for me because I know okay. he can play as, as a midfielder. And the other okay. thing is Corredera is less dangerous when he plays as a winger. As a left back, so I, I don't hate it I don't hate it either it's, it's not that terrible but,
0: but you my, mean less dangerous for us
2: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay okay continue
2: I can't remember an exact example right now but every time Aznar it, take off the field Maite and Tere, for Cassie and Tyson uh, he killed me and I also hate uh, when he take off Maite against Atletico after Olga's red card. Uh, sure, it, it, it ended up well, but I think it was just good luck. It could be terrible.
3: Yes, and I have two answers for Reyes and for myself. And if we have to talk about a, a bizarre uh, or a weird uh, thing that Asnar used to do, is uh, a substitution because that is he, he always had a random uh, substitution just to, I don't know if is a troll or not but uh, they just lose our minds but the the most that I am shocked with it is uh, bringing in Taisa for uh, in the Copa de la Reina match against Madrid Club de Fútbol Femenino because we need to win man we need to uh, do something in 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 the front we need uh, to attack or for, or somehow but he brings Taisa uh, that she comes with a long-term injury. She didn't have the rhythm or, or in the games and, and the preparation for that game. And that's uh, his first uh, substitution. And well, that didn't uh, came so good and we lost that game. Those are
0: super interesting answers. Wasn't expecting some of those. And then we got a Gemma knowledge that actually Claudia has been a defensive midfielder in the past. so. We kind of switch it up a bit, go back to the lighthearted stuff. The funniest player on the team, Grant, let me have it.
5: I think it's got to be Kenty. I think she spends all of her time off pitch trolling her teammates' Instagram pages. And um, she just seems to have a pretty good energy and lightheartedness about it.
0: Yeah, I also have Kenty, the classic, oh, I have to deal with you for another season line. It's pretty good. I feel like all the other humor from the players, like I don't want to be mean, but it's like kind of basic. Whereas Kenty, you know, she, she, she gives us something a little more. I like the sarcastic humor. Raquel, I don't know how much time you spend scrolling through all the social media pages if you're like Marina or something, but you <laughs> got to have some some idea of who you think the funniest player is.
1: Yeah, you know, my pick is also Kenti. But I do wonder, because she's very funny on Instagram, but I, I do wonder, like, the normal dynamic who would be the funniest but yeah my pick is also Genty. her instagram comments are just the best
2: well i, I think we all agree on this one but genty is by far the funniest for all two and i i love to the uh, her sarcastic sense of humor because it's similar to mine so I, I like it
0: do we have any other candidates like i mean it's hard to tell because we're not spending time with them but is there anyone else we might say
5: Yo, if if Osnar is actually a troll, then this is hilarious. That's all I'll say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking too, man. Like, if he's a troll, he is the funniest. I I think Olga seems funny. Because
0: everyone likes her? Yep. Olga seems super
1: charming, yeah.
0: I feel like Ivana has, like, really chill humor, like, dry humor. But that's just me completely projecting onto her, uh, just the basic image we have of her. Let's move on to the best substitute performance. Might have a lot of Lorena Navarro here, but we'll see. We'll come back to you, Grant. What's the one you picked?
5: Yeah, I, I had two. One being the Lorena Navarro introduction into the Santa Teresa match where she scored that 95th minute winner. And then another one that I think is probably pretty obvious is Jessica coming on to score in the 80th or 84th minute against Real Sociedad in the match where we had that major comeback and then ended up qualifying for the Champions League qualification stage.
1: I also had the Jessica goal against Clara Sociedad, but uh, even though this is not a performance, like uh, she did okay, but um, it's not like her best uh, game ever, or I would not like say uh, it's an amazing performance. Uh, the moment was extremely meaningful. So the, the substitution... Uh, Of Sarasquero against Santa Teresa, I think it's like worth noting, Uh, and I think this is the only category where where you could go. So yeah, I really
0: really like that one. Yeah, that was that was a that was a good one slotting there. So I had Jessica also as my number one. Like there are a bunch of I think candidates for this one. Like obviously there's the winning goal, but it wasn't just the winning goal for me. It was the it was the level of competition. There are a few teams better than Real. Sociedad see that in the league. It was the fact that, like, it had to be done. Right, we needed to make the comeback. We wanted to qualify right then and there. And then she also did stuff for the goal. Right, so like in the equalizing goal, she receives the cross from Kenki. That box movement I was talking about. Finds Maite at the top of the box after a little bit of scruffy play. Who then feeds Kenki, and then we score the equalizing goal. And then she ends up getting the winner. Though I think there's also a number of other valid candidates, obviously Lorena versus Santos Teresa, like Grant was talking about. She also had a a second goal to seal a win versus Ibar. And then there was Teresa versus Logroño with her free kick at the end. And then probably like an underrated one because this, the Valencia game was all about Aslani's hat trick, but Carmona came on and I thought did really well winning a free kick in the second half that I think set up the first goal, if I'm remembering correctly.
2: We picked Lorena for this one every time she had even a minute on the field was good and for the team but one on what you just said about uh, Olga and I was thinking uh, while I listening to you guys uh, about Tamara. the last two games she played she did really good so I, I thought uh, uh, I have to mention
0: that yeah she played really well and now we get to my favorite category of this podcast which is our favorite moment of the season and it can be anything really just the thing you love the most about what happened last season and there's just there's a million possible answers there's no right answer here just the one that kind of touched you the most Grant. which one was it for you
5: yeah i'm going back to the atleti win i think just the reactions of the player as after it the the hard-fought nature of the win after olgo was sent off and just like what it signaled for the club at that point in the season, I, I got pretty emotional just watching that game and it was really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I picked also the win against Lleti. It was the same reasons as Grant. I loved the post game as well, how how the players were celebrating. Picture with with Babs, baby, it was super adorable. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's just, I think it's the, I, I really enjoyed the kind of, how we felt after the uh, Champions League qualification, but still as a moment, I think the win against Atlético is the best.
2: I know that's the easy answer, but I was so mad at that game that I I didn't enjoy it all. So uh, our favorite moment of the season when we beat Real Sociedad and qualified for Champions, and Lorena's goal against Santa Teresa, that was our favorite.
0: Mine was, I had, Nothing to do with any on-field occurrence or I guess like only tangentially it did because it was Marina meeting Marta Cardona that was my favorite moment of the season. And this is obviously what everyone knows now where she had that Flash Cardona nickname and then was eventually able to give Cardona the shirt with her face like photoshopped into a flash mask. And yeah. uh, now like everyone knows, like everyone in the squad knows like that's that's the nickname for Cardona. I think it's a much better... Nickname than like Magic Cardona, whatever the hell that they were using in the beginning of the season. They're still not using this one, but in our hearts, this is the official one. And yes.
2: I f- an feel favorite moment too. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I have uh, the same passion movement.
4: Uh, I think that was oh, okay. really huge. So I think we have to say it.
0: Yeah, Misma passion being the one where Misa posted, I think it was like. Quoting like asensio's poster or one of the, the players from the men's team were kind of saying like we have the same passion right and then a couple of trolls like came back at her and were like you know saying stuff to her and she ended up deleting that tweet and then everyone just kind of rallied around her and that hashtag is my began and it just it kind of exploded it became a viral moment and uh, that was really really cool so that was i'm, I'm glad you brought that one up and yeah, I mean, the mean, the reason I kind of picked mine, I, I, it's it's somewhat obvious, right? A really cool moment between a fan and a player, but I think it encapsulates women's football better than maybe anything we've seen in Real Madrid related over the last season because like it's still possible to have like that more personal connection with players given that it's still very, like, fairly niche. And that's probably something that will disappear eventually. So I, I know that, especially with you guys it's something that you've treasured in the present moment. And that's like something we'll hold on to for as long as we can. The next category is the opponent player's best performance versus Real Madrid. And for obvious reasons, it cannot be a Barcelona player. grant. I feel like we might have the same answer here, but I kind of no, I, I changed mine. One. I okay, changed mine because
5: good. I didn't want to have the same answer as you. Um, so I'm going to go with the substitute performance of Coco in Tenerife's comeback she ended up assisting the winner but um she came on i think we were up 1-0 and we were out playing tenerife and then she came on with a couple of other subs and just absolutely torched our flanks flipped the game on its head and at that point tenerife was in like second place i believe and we thought that we were going to get a really big win and she snagged the three points for tenerife and dan blanco who did you have
2: Okay, uh, we picked Mayra Ramirez from Sporting de Huelva, uh, we think was clearly the best. And our players didn't know how to stop her. But Reyes also said Nerea Isaguirre, and Juan said Amayur. I don't know if they want to add something. Yeah,
4: I just have to say that it's Nerea's performance from the match from the first leg, the one which Madrid lost. I think she was impressive.
0: She was impressive. I thought Maitane was also brilliant because we were like trying to press that game and it wasn't really working. She just ripped us apart.
2: That was the moment but, when Maitane followed
0: you, right? How, how do you remember that? I was just about to say that. Yeah, that was the moment where, where she followed me and she's no doubt deeply regretting that decision. Um, <laughs> I haven't checked back in a while because I don't want to go to her profile and find the day she's not following me. But uh, this is kind of what I was talking about with like the person. Not that I form a personal connection with with her or anything. That these players are just a lot more aware of what the dedicated fan is like saying about them, and they might actually see some of the stuff too. So, for in this instance, I did like a little analysis video, and uh, I decided to add Mike on his, like Twitter account in it because like she was a central focus of Real Sociedad's build up. So that was one of them that I was thinking about, but that was not the one I ultimately pick because mine was Mayra Ramirez I also like made a a video like just a quick highlight clip on what she did and it was just an absolutely terrifying performance like really really good on the ball really fast but like she was just ragdolling our players like pure physical dominance and like it was actually scary just watching (laughs) like players just fall and get bumped out of the way she ran through us and sporting ended up drawing that game 1-1 like it was a really decisive performance and I mean, if we include Barcelona players, it wouldn't have been the best performance. But outside of Barca, I think, I think she's up there, man. I, I think she might have put in the most impactful performance against Real Madrid. My pick here,
1: I thought about my, uh, Ramirez. because She was obviously decisive in that game. But because the Real Sociedad game, I watched uh, kind of closely and, and a couple of times. And I think her season, especially in the beginning, was outstanding. I am going to choose uh, Nerea. Uh, although your analysis uh, of the game um, really made me appreciate the the role my Tani had, I still I still choose Narina. I think that game was really good, but in general her season has been amazing, and especially those the first part of the season was just incredible. So, then next category is
5: best celebration. Well, this might be cheating, but um, I had every time Kenty prematurely celebrated when we had a chance on goal and then they scored. There were quite a few times where if you watched it back, Kenty's arms were in the air and like fist bumping before the ball even hit the back of the net because she had so much confidence in her teammates. And that was definitely my favorite celebration.
2: That's our big two,
1: so no cheating. Yeah.
5: <laughs> then, then we're out rule. We've got it.
1: I was going to say that too, but I also really like the celebration of Lorenz's goal against Santa Teresa in the 95th minute. I think it was very passionate, like a lot of rage. And I don't know, I enjoyed it. Like you could hear the screams. (laughs) (laughs) I like that.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I guess it's just me then. Mine was the comeback versus Real Sociedad, Jessica Martinez's celebration. Like one, the pure catharsis of like scoring that goal the commentary from Arantxa, like everything around it, like I think just elevates that celebration. I think you can't separate it from the environment. Everyone went nuts. And then there was the little dance afterwards because like there was just so much energy and joy in that moment. Like you had like the shirt coming off, throwing it in the air, fist pumps, and then it was still going right. She had to do a little dance at the end.
2: I have a question about the celebration question. Do you guys watch Real Madrid television, the games on Real Madrid TV?
0: I was on Twitch until they started putting in fucking ads in the middle of the game. So I went back to Real Madrid TV. So like only two-thirds of the season, I guess. And then the ones that were on Teledeporte, I watched there.
2: Okay, every time Cardona scores, ayer, eh," with the narrator, screams like crazy. So one of my (laughs) best celebrations is every time Cardona scores, and and he screams.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. And now we're at the final category. The transfer we're most excited for, this is the one part of the podcast where we talk about, I guess, what's going to happen in the season to come, because obviously that's where everyone's focus is. It could be one player, it could be a couple. Grant, who is the one that gets you motivated to wake up at 5.30 a.m.?
5: There's so many. I think this has been a a crazy good transfer window, but I'm going to go with Esther. I mean, she's got 30 goals in 34 games, averaging 0.88 per 90. She allows Aslani to go back into midfield in her best position. And we get kind of this real deadly number nine that we haven't had. And we've been kind of talking about needing for so long. And then you've got the ability to potentially see Cardona and Esther starting for Spain as well with two Real Madrid representatives in their front line headed into the Euros potentially. So I'm really excited about that, but I can't begrudge anyone for choosing the other signings because they also look so exciting. So
1: this decision, I don't know if it's maybe a little bit emotional, but I'm going to go with Atenea because, I don't know, I've watched her grow throughout the seasons. And also, I mean, I'm from Cantabria. <laughs> she's, she's kind of, of well, not the only one, but there's very few players that come from from. Uh, my region which is a small region in Spain and I just yeah I'm a passionate follower of Atenea I also think given the Sofia uh, is no longer with us and even if she still uh, was not squad I think I don't know if she will start in the starting 11 but I think she will she has good chances of running a spot there obviously depending on what uh, game system looks like but I think she's just an extremely exciting player. Um, you you made a great video of highlights that kind of really sum up her strong thoughts. And uh, I don't know, Antonia is just my player for the season, even though I'm very excited. As, as Grant said, it's been a, a tremendous transfer window. There's so many uh, exciting players that have come to Real Madrid. Although I think the the forward position will be also contested by Naikari, but yeah. Uh, My pick is Atenea.
0: Yeah, Atenea was the one that I had. The video that I made, uh, Raquel was talking about, got me so gassed because I think it's obvious at this point what my type of like favorite player is. It's like the fast dribbling winger. Obviously Cardona being really good helps her case for being my favorite player, but ultimately it's that type of profile. It's that type of player that made me enjoy football in the first place as an american who was like what is this stupid sport so boring and then i saw what people could do with the ball at their feet i can't wait to see her like drop five defenders and just make magic happen like i think fundamentally these are the types of players we watch football for and then i guess more on the tactical side of things the the player i'm second most excited for is lucia rodriguez because in my opinion she epitomizes the modern fullback in terms of press resistance which i think is ultimately what caps the ceiling of fullbacks in the modern game. If you cannot deal with pressure, if you cannot help out and build up with aggressive passing and ball carrying, you're not going to be a top level fullback. Like it doesn't matter what else you have in terms of defensive capabilities, in terms of your ability to go down the overlap and put in crosses, you have to have that. And I think she has it in spades. I think she demonstrated in the second game versus Real Madrid in the comeback. I'm really excited to see what she can do from the position. I think it's an interesting stylistic contrast to Kenty as well, because I think Kenty is really good on the ball. I think she makes a massive impact in the final third. But in terms of her ability to deal with the press, I think Lucia is actually ahead of her there. And that's that's a very nice option to have, like an elite overlapping fullback, and then someone who can. who is also very good going forward, but also one of the best in the league in terms of what they can do in deeper areas.
2: We also have different for this one. Uh, I know you all are expecting me to say Sir, but no, my most excited uh, transfer, are Naikari and Lucia. Uh, it's not a secret that I love them and I can wait to watch them playing for Real Madrid.
3: For mine, it's not a player. I think Irene who will be the the right hand of David Aznar in the coach stuff. She's really a game changer. I mean, all the things that we are worried about. It's not about, uh, she will try to change it, and maybe that will be an uh, advantage for us in planning the tactics in in that game, so I really, really want to see how she's knowledge is going to be in the team.
4: I have to say I'm surprised that it uh, didn't pick Esther, uh, I don't know why, but... She had a reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to go with Totio Galvez. I'm just so excited to see her again playing with Ivana. In my opinion, uh, they are one of the best center back pairs we have ever seen in the league. So I'm really excited. And I am also going to say uh, Melin Gerard. I know she is going to be a substitute potentially. But I think she'll have some minutes in one of the competitions that Real Madrid is going to play. So she was our keeper and I wish her all the best. And I'm excited to see her having some minutes with
0: Real Madrid. We have come to the drafting portion of the podcast. So all the categories are over. This is the final section. This is the, the bit where I think everyone but Grant was, was confused because of the rules in terms like snake draft. But I. I hope we're all on board now. So basically what it's going to be is a three-a-side draft because with six people, I think that's the most players you can do. And it's going to be all for last season's squad. So it cannot be the new roster. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to randomly generate the draft order and then it'll be a snake draft. So because I became aware that not everyone knows what that means, it means the person who went last on the first round of drafting will go first the next time. And so it just keeps going back and forth. So essentially, it's the person who is first and last will just keep switching in terms of he, who keeps going first and last. And you can keep going up and down the order. I will try to be pretty rigorous about keeping track of who said what and, you know, kind of marshalling us in the right direction in case we get confused. Let's just generate the draft order right now I have it up on my screen, you'll have to trust that that I'm being honest, I'm not going to just put myself first if I do end up there. So generating a draft order Raquel is first Issa is second Grant is third Reyes is fourth I am number five and Juan is last at number six
3: no th- this is a trick one isn't it <laughs> what do you mean this what do you mean trick I'm the last one I'm, the, I'm one of the guesses and I'm, <laughs> I'm the last one
0: yeah I mean that's that's just how it turned out I'm you scream Share, share my screen. I'll
1: share share my screen. No, 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 no. I don't want to. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm first. Let's go.
5: (laughs) I can go last if you want. No, 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 no. no. None of of this, Juan.
3: I accept it because uh, in the the next one, I'm going to go first. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Being last isn't actually that bad. Raquel, if you're ready, take your first pick and I'll be be writing it all down so we can keep track. So
1: I don't know why I thought I was going to be first. And I was right. (laughs) So I did think about my first pick a lot. And it's going to be Misa. Because even though the goalkeeper can't use hands, she still has that positioning discipline. And she is a goalkeeper, but she's really good with her feet. And she was uh, forward, I think, for a, a a lot of years. So yeah, my first pick is Misa. Yeah, so the other thing I forgot to mention was the goalkeeper can't
0: use hands because, I mean... It will give a massive advantage to anyone who picks Misa. Isa, you're <laughs> you're, the, you're the second pick.
2: Uh, my pick is uh, Maite. She's my favorite. And she will lead the ball forward, and I pick
5: Grant. All right. So there was no way I thought Cardona would drop to <laughs> <point>. Exactly. <laughs> so I am going to take that and run with it.
4: Okay, my turn. I, I'm happy I'm going to pick Olga. She can cover all the fields. So. You can play whatever you want is my pick.
0: I will pick Ivana then.
3: Ooh, uh, I'm gonna pick Kenty.
0: Okay, and you have a second pick now. Because we're starting the
3: order with you. Okay, and after Kenty, I'm gonna pick that damn, this is kinda hard. Uh Sophia is gonna be the, the next one.
0: Okay, so you have Sofia and Kentian. and so now we're just going backwards, so it comes back to me. Somehow Aslani is still available. Yeah, I'm going to go with Aslani then, and we are back to you, Reyes.
4: I was going to pick Aslani, okay, uh, now I am a bit lost. I think I'm going to go with kasi I need physical.
5: I am going to take Tere. It started. The
0: options are starting to dry up. Isa? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
5: Okay, so okay. that
1: was is my pick. No,
0: no, no, no. Wait, it's Isa's, right?
1: Uh, because yeah, Raquel, my... went, Raquel went
0: first. I got confused. Calm con, con down, Raquel. You you got to go first. Let's 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 allow you <laughs> <said> to go.
1: <laughs> Lorena,
0: Lorena is my pick. Okay, Lorena. Now, okay,
1: now Raquel. Now I'm completely lost oh. <laughs> because uh, my list was basically Kathy, Teresa, Lani, Lorena, and those were the last four chosen. So, is Jacobson still available? She is, right? No, Juan took Sofia. No? Okay. Yeah, I got it. Huh. This is does, hard. Does
0: no one want defenders in their team? I mean, if you're choosing... I got Lusa, a keeper, she's... man. Yeah, but <laughs> she gonna can't use Jessica. Her. Jessica, okay. Now you get to pick again. You get to round out your team. So, so pick very carefully. Oh. This is your last shot.
1: Okay. I'm going to pick Claudia Florentino. Now that That's I know good. she's also midfitter. Isa, back to you.
2: Uh, that was my pick, but I'm going to choose a uh, Buff.
5: Oh, this is getting tough. Um, I'm going to choose the best defender and left winger on Real Madrid Femenino, Marta Corredera.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. We got Corredera. Reyes?
4: Okay, I will never expect to say this, but I'm sad. Corredera is not available. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know what to do. Mm, I really don't know why. Okay, I'm going to do a random pick. I'm going to pick Chioma.
0: Okay.
4: <laughs> why? I don't know. She is fast.
0: Um. So now it's to me. I have Ivana. I have Aslani. Teresa already taken, right?
5: Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I have them all crossed out. If you want me to read
3: you, who's No, that. no,
0: I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm just looking through the the options I have. So I think Isa, who has not Damn. been chosen, is the most reasonable choice to round out my team. So I'm picking her. Juan, last pick here.
3: Damn, I'm gonna big. Damn. Who's <laughs> <subitable?
5: Okay. laughs> Um, you've got. Sara, Esquero, and Joanna and Samara. And Malena. Or Diana.
3: And All good picks, but I'm going to pick Ari.
0: What we're going to do is on Twitter, we're going to post everyone's teams. People will get
3: to vote on,
0: on the best team, but I'll just read it out now to kind of close it out. So Raquel, you pick first. Misa, Jessica, Claudia. Isa has Maite, Lorena, and Bob. Vant has Cardona, Teresa, Corredera. Reyes has Olga, Kasi, Shioma. I have Ivana, Aslani, Daisa, And Juan has Kenti, Sofia, and Adi. I think generally, somehow, we all manage to pick fairly balanced teams. Real quick, 10, 20 seconds, what's the case for why everyone should vote for your team? We'll go in the order of how we drafted originally. Raquel, why is your team the best? I'm
1: the only one who has uh, goalkeepers who can't use hands, but Obviously, as I said, the positioning matters. Got a forward, got a a midfielder that also obviously defends, as we've seen throughout the whole season. So um, I think all other teams can be balanced. I think mine uh, has, uh, I mean, obviously a keeper and then one player that's very versatile. So, yeah, that's my case. Isa,
0: make your case.
2: Okay, so I went for the balance, as you said. I have bats as a wall to stop every ball that comes near my goal. Might they won't lose the ball and can do really good passes. And Lorena will score a lot of goals. So we are pretty much invisible.
5: Well, I have everybody on this podcast MVP in Cardona up top. She's going to get fed balls from Teresa, who's going to be in midfield. Can do a little bit of that underrated defensive work. And you have Corradera in the back who can also provide a spark, maybe shoot from a long distance. That 3 aside side pitch is going to be pretty small, and we can see her score a couple bangers.
4: I don't know. I mean, I have, <laughs> yes, I have Kelsey who can stop everyone, who who are fast. All three of them have, goal. Well, I mean, they can score goals. So I think it's a pretty good team.
0: I have Ivana Aslani-Taisa. I have the best defender on the team. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. I have Aslani, obviously, who can score tons of goals, but she also has the versatility to drop off, dribble, pass, combine. And I have kind of a utility player in Taisa who can do a lot of different things, but also has a lot of defensive ability as well. And I think defense is underrated in these always, right? Especially on a -a three-a-side where it's a lot of one-versus-ones, the ability to just generate transition and get someone free in space, um, I mean, whatever space there is, like, is an underrated part of winning these things. And so I think with Isa Ivana's defensive ability, and then that quick link up with Aslani, who just specializes specifically in transition player, anything that happens after turnovers, I think that makes mine the best team. Juan?
3: Well, there was the ones who are available. So... No, but really I pick Kenty because she's a good defender. She can, is a box-to-box player. I got Sofia who is fast, who has, she can assist a lot. And we have Ari, who, if she is in one great day, she can make a lot of goals. So I think that is going to bring in the people's mind to vote for my team.
0: So that wraps it up for this podcast. I think we went about one hour or so. I want to thank you guys so much for doing this. Grant, as always, Raquel, who finally making time to come back. This is one of the best comeback stories of of last season, or I guess this season or the preseason or whatever. We had Real Madrid 3-2 Real Sociedad, and now we have Raquel coming on to managing Madrid. And personally, I take Raquel coming to managing Madrid over Real Madrid 3-2 Real Sociedad. And then obviously, Clemente and Blanco crew, I know it was a bit uncomfortable for you to come on, speak English like this. And especially Juan Reyes, Reyes especially got kind of bullied into doing this, but I'm so glad you guys came on. I think it went really, really well. And I think people are going to enjoy this podcast more than any of the other ones they've listened to so far, because you guys added your own special expertise, your own knowledge of the game, your own personalities. And I thank you guys so much for that. We'll all kind of, I guess, try to, to sign out at the same time saying Ala Madrid." if we can do that. I'll count us into it. We'll see how it goes. We try this on the patron calls all the time. It never really works. We'll see if with six people, we can do it. Three, two, one. I'm- I'm- Madrid.
5: <laughs>